Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Away from Tigerland, a fighting fury we're from Tigerland. In any weather you will see us with a grin. G'day everybody and welcome to the 11th edition of Tiger Tragics. Mitchell Scott is my name. Uh, Carl Bianco is up living it up in the Gold Coast this week, which is probably good for him given the uh, the content what we're about to talk about. But I say hello to Tony Shebeki. G'day Shebex. Uh, hello Mitch. The, just to let everyone know, there was a, a thought that we might just run the Tiger Tragics show this week with a voiceover man just basically saying... The Tiger Tragic show has been cancelled for this week. It will be back next week after hopefully what will be a successful weekend against Brisbane. But oh, how do we talk about that, Mitch? How do it, we talk about what we saw? I think we just start from the very top, and uh, that is that uh, Richmond put in its worst performance of the year. It was 2016-style stuff. Uh, final score didn't really matter in the end. We were that insipid and poor in the whole thing. But uh, St Kilda finished 21-12-138. Richmond 10-11-71. Uh, really probably didn't reflect how poorly we played, being only an 11-goal margin in the end. But we, we probably should have blown out by 100 points, really. We were that insipid, that uh, just terrible, really. It was it caught us all off guard, I think, just how, how poor we were. Our two... Uh, things that we sort of based ourselves on all year have been speed and pressure, and we had none of it, and St Kilda just absolutely flogged us at, at our own game. Um, and, of course, everyone was up in arms going, oh, it's so Richmondy, it's so Richmondy on, uh, to turn up on that like that for a night. But I don't know about you, Shebex, I honestly wasn't that phased. Yeah, it's funny. I'm totally in agreement with you, Mitch. And I must admit to not seeing the first half. I was up in Sydney doing some motor racing, so I was out for dinner. With, uh, with people, and then when I got back to the hotel, I'm sitting down in the bar, and I've looked up at the screen, I've gone, oh, it's nearly half-time. <laughs> Hang on, are we 80 points behind? Yeah. What? Yeah. You're kidding me. I, and I deliberately didn't even look at the score because I just didn't think that I needed to. And uh, I couldn't believe that that was the situation. You're right, for the second half that I watched, it wasn't as if I was abusing the television or doing anything. I just felt, oh, well, here you go. Because... Uh, in all honesty, and uh, St Kilda are a nice team. They're, they're, you know, they, they haven't been fantastic this year. They haven't set the world alight. But there is no way St Kilda is eighty points better than Richmond at half time in a game of footy. No, I, th- I think, and that's why I think uh, I a lot of people might, like myself were waiting for some sort of outrage from Richmond supporters everywhere. But we were just sort of. We were beaten from the very get-go. You knew within the first two, three minutes watching the game that, nah, not our not tonight. And St Kilda were in absolute beast mode, um, clunking everything that went their way. Uh, and our absolute uh, core of the game plan just went to water. We conceded, what was it, 36 or 37 inside 50s in the first 45 minutes of football. And whenever that's going to happen, um, you know, Rance was made accountable by Rewalt and uh, they just kept peppering it forward. And we... we, we couldn't get the ball out of the defensive 50, which is what 
we've prided ourselves on doing to other teams that when the ball gets up our end of the ground, it lay, stays there, it locks up, we keep penetrating enough, and we eventually hit the scoreboard. And uh, just didn't happen for us, Shebex. We knew within the first five minutes of the game that it was going to be an uphill battle. We missed a couple of easy shots early. Uh, meanwhile, St Kilda made the most of every opportunity they could. Koch was getting frustrated. He was, you know, he threw one. He was probably lucky to get a, um, to get a, just the week. Sorry, to get get just the fine, which could equate to a week if he goes for a third time. So he needs to actually watch himself a bit there, Trent Koch. But overall, uh, you know, I, as I said, I wasn't phased because it wasn't like we had this game in our grasp and we were doing our thing and then we found a way to throw it away. We were just completely outplayed on the night, and that happens in football, particularly in this season. Teams do just have a habit of getting on top of another one, and um, and it's an outlier, and and you, you take it for what it is. Um, so look, I'm not as frustrated as other people might have been out there. You don't know all the TV shows were starting to talk about the fact that oh, you know, this is you know, are they a genuine top top four team? Although I never really thought they were. What did you, like? I think there's, I think that was probably a true thing. Of we're somewhere between five and eight. That's probably about right. Yeah, and look, if we had a sneak to a position in the four, I think you're right. It concerns me that uh, Kane Corns comes out with the comments that he did where he just uh, basically outright said that he believed that Richmond had got ahead of itself. And I don't see if that was really the case. I mean, there's plenty of other teams that I thought, or that I think genuinely believe that they're a top four spot and they just seem to be putting their hand up every now and then thinking, well, hang on, let's lose a game and let's see where we can finish up. So, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really like the comments of Kane Corns. I think they're fair. I don't mind people having to go up my team. I think uh, what the Essendon CEO did a couple of weeks ago against his team, I didn't have an issue with that at no, all. No, neither I mean, did I. Bad. I didn't know why he had to apologise for that, actually. I yeah, no, same here. If someone's bad, someone's bad. You go out and say it, and it's how you say it. And I thought he said it beautifully, you know. But we, you know, 50,000 people don't turn up to watch that sort of game from our players. That's that's poor, or whatever he said, that words to that effect. Yeah, and, and, and he that's was right. that's what Kane Corns has said to, to Richmond. If they, you guys think that you're actually a finals chance, well, you know, you better look at yourselves because if you're going to put in that performance, you're definitely not. And that's why I think there's actually plenty of positives to come out of that. Is It, it happened in round 16, there's seven weeks until finals, and yes, we still got a, a long way to go to get to finals, but I would much rather have a team tear apart our game plan and our flaws and have it discovered with plenty of time to adjust and, you know, work out some plan Bs and learn from it and move forward and get that reality check that, you know what, guys, you may be getting, you may sneak into the top four if you keep playing well, but you've got a long way to go before you actually, you know, you can talk the talk all you want, but you've got to walk the walk. And one good win over in Port Adelaide ain't going to do, ain't going to get you there in the, uh, you know, if you don't then put on the hard work and turn up every week after week. I, uh, you know, I, I think it was a multitude of things on the night that was uh, why we were off the game. I don't necessarily think, you know, we were we were just ahead of ourselves, but it can't hurt having that reality check, I don't think. Well, like um, oh, The loss we had to have. Yep, and the, the important thing from here is that we actually learn from it, step forward... Uh, and uh, and you know take those those wins that we you know if we if those a game like St Kilda perhaps we thought you know let's go into this game we just need to do enough I mean we played Taylor Hunt on the weekend and look we've talked about the selection for this team in the past and he and he was probably one of those players that we thought come round two round three we're playing the kids the line comes through him he's back, he finds his way back in the team because Oleg Markov didn't live up to it. Uh, and Nick Vlosten's just not ready yet. He's still not getting the VFL form of the ball, but this is all with Basher Hooley being out. And so a player like Taylor Hunt comes back into the team. That's kind of symptomatic, I think, of where the team probably thought it was, that, you know what, we'll, we'll just... We'll, 
we're going all right. We can get the job done. And clearly, they were five gears off it. And, uh, you know, you hope that uh, th- that lessons are learned. And um, I'm, I wasn't angry. I wasn't bitter. I was far more at, at ease with the world by halftime. I was like, oh, let's just write the game off and you, you move forward. But um, do you get nervous now about looking ahead to finals, Shebex, that, you know, uh, we could pr- that this might become the norm that we don't uh, don't uh, drop it from here. No, I don't, Mitch. Not at the moment. I may in the next week or two if we don't respond to what happened on the weekend. And I think that's going to be the the real asset for Richmond now is to see how they they respond this week. I mean, they need to come out and they need to actually have a, a ripper of a game against Brisbane and probably win by you know six, seven, eight goals to show that it wasn't just you know it wasn't. It was, sorry, a one-off thing. And, I mean, the last time that we really saw Richmond play like that was against Adelaide in that second, third and fourth quarters. Uh, I don't think we've seen the Tigers play as insipid as what they did against St Kilda on the weekend again this year other than that Adelaide game. So that's a couple of performances. Uh, Other than that, they've been pretty good. So I think that's why we're all sort of not feeling it as badly. If it was a weekly occurrence, there'd be every opportunity of everyone jumping up and down and, you know, they'd be calling for sackings and all that sort of stuff. But I think everyone is actually karma heads have prevailed, which is unusual for Richmond That's, supporters. It's unrichmond There's no chicken heads, there's no chicken hearts being put on the front doorstep and all that sort of stuff. This is people actually just walking away from the game thinking, oh, there you go, eh? That's, uh, you cop it, you, you move on. And it's that sort of season yeah. where, I mean, everyone's been beaten by some team along the way where you just went, oh, jeez, yeah. that's one out of the box. I mean, Hawthorne beat Adelaide, 17th beat first a couple of weeks Correct. ago. Correct. Um, and St Kilda aren't... Um, you know, I think we probably misread St Kilda's form going into it. I don't know this is going to sound like I'm being an apologiser for the Tigers, but St Kilda had won three on the, on the trot going into that game, and they sort of, you know, beating Frio over in Frio is no easy feat. Uh, they were starting to click, and we just, like we did when we, played, uh, when we played Adelaide, we just got them at the wrong time. They were red hot, they were fired up. Um, you know, Matty's match means a, lot to, means a lot to both clubs, but I think with where, uh, with Nick, where Nick Rewalt now stands as an absolute statesman of the game, they took it to a whole new level and well coached by um, Alan Richardson. They completely coached us for the night. Um, and when you've got guys like Lee Montagna, you know, bombing goals from 50 metres on the run with, a, you know, getting clearances out of the break. Uh, you, you know it's not your night because, you know, all respect to Lee, he hasn't done that in five years. No, exactly right. And let's remember too that St Kilda are a much, much better structured team with Nick, Nick Revolt back in that side. Yeah. I mean, the, the games that they lost severely were when Revolt were out injured. He's come back into that team and that team just lifts a step. So uh, it was a different St Kilda to what we... What, some may have been expecting from what they've seen, apart from that win against Frio. But the weeks before that, they weren't good, you know, those weeks leading into the bye and the like. So they've turned the corner. They've got Nick Revol back in there. He's, he's holding the charges. So they, they're not a bad side. And we've lost to, a, a, you know, a pretty good side. Probably a side that, once again, I don't believe was 80 points better than it, or that is 80 points better than us at halftime in an AFL match. But that's just the way it went. The interesting thing is, you know, they're one of these teams now that we're probably going to be fighting out for maybe that fourth yeah, spot between here. So, so it's every game does count from here on in. I did find it peculiar that uh, out of the dialogue that came out of Richmond's performance and where the flaws were pointed out was, uh, you know, the, the blowtorch once again got turned onto our forward line structure and everyone was talking about, you know, Richmond's small forwards aren't going to necessarily be able to stand up in a final uh, like this. But it was actually... the 
it wasn't our forwards at all was the issue. The ball never got down there, unfortunately, Shebex. We just didn't get a chance yeah. to actually kick goals. The whole, the whole, Our whole forward structure has worked because when the ball gets down there, we'd pressure in, lock it in, keep it up that end of the ground and keep peppering it back in. Unfortunately for us, St Kilda completely did a number on it and the ball never got forward or centre enough to even try and uh, put that structure in place. We did, The ball just kept getting no. fed out. Pressure, turnover, straight back. I think we conceded 12 goals or something ridiculous to, to turnovers in that, uh, you know, in the first three quarters. And yeah, we won the last quarter, but no one really cares. It was uh, the game was well and truly over by then. It was actually important, I think, though, from for our end, the um that that we did win that last quarter. Uh, when I looked at look at the ladder, and you see the percentage that uh, well, yes, exactly, which is going to be crucial. We were above us there at one stage. Yeah, I think when uh, when uh, they were about seventy or eighty points up in that final quarter, I think the percentage had worked out that uh, they were actually in fourth spot. And had taken our position. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the fact that we fought back and brought that percentage back into our favour, I think, might be something that might be a telling factor at the end of the year. So we went from fourth to sixth. So we're, there's uh, four teams here log jammed on 36 points. And those couple of games where we've had two draws to GWS, and, you know, Hawthorne's coming, and they've now got an extra two points under their belt, as do Geelong. You probably think that those top three start clearing away, and there's probably six teams fighting it out for five spots in the eight. Um, with being West Coast being the team currently out of the eight. So we just we need to bank every win that we can. Trent Cotchin's an interesting one. He's uh, He's got done for striking for the second time this season. And the way the system works is if you get three finable striking offences or rough conduct, rough conduct, you then cop a week. So he's got two now. He got the one where he was probably lucky to get away with, which was the jumper punch on, uh, on Lockie Neal. He's got done for, for striking on, the, on Saturday night with a little gut punch. Uh, on a St Kilda player, I think it was Graham, um, got him square in the solar plexus. So he's now got two on his belt. And do you, do you see it as a, as a discipline issue for the captain, mate? He's he's you know he's now riding on the coat ta- on the riding the coattails of if he gets one more indiscretion like this, he might miss a final. Oh, exactly right. That's why I wish he probably had two people on the weekend so he could get that week out the way now, <laughs> and then we don't have that hanging over his head heading up to the finals. But I think what I think what we saw, and I did see what what happened uh, on on Saturday night. I think that was more out of frustration, wasn't it, than anything? And and it must be frustrating too when you know what you want your team to do and you know how you want your team to play, but every man in that team just is unable to achieve that. And as a captain, you must, it must be going through your head, what's happening here? What, what can I do to change this? And there's nothing you can do because you literally can't change the mindset of 22 players just with the snap of a finger. No. So I can understand the frustration for him, but that's football. You know, Trent, you're going to have to step up now. You're right, Mitch. He's got that hanging over his head. And if he's going to get rid of it, Let's do it sooner rather than later, and not sleep. Let's not leave it to round twenty-three. Would have been here. Yeah, you are right, and that Brisbane is probably the game where you can probably get away with it. But at the same time, given the loss on the weekend, we're now in a position where every game we need to win and then some, and just really keep. You know, I think confidence is is really important in this game at the moment and momentum, and um, you don't want to be complacent with all this. I think in the in the context of the game, you look at it and go, you know what? The first five six minutes we were really flat, and you sometimes you want to get a bit of physicality through the guys just to maybe get the blood going, try and find something, lift boys, get up and about, and in the end we went we actually went the completely the other the other way and went to water. Um, but as I say, he wasn't alone there. I mean, everyone, Dusty had his worst game in two years. Um, and, you know, he wasn't hard tagged or anything, but they just did a number yeah, on him, the Saints. You and... don't need to tell me about that. I had him as my super coach. Oh, no. Captain. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And he got 64 points in total as captain. 
or something. I think it was 80 points or something in total as captain, so it was just a disaster. Jack Rewalt. Add to that the fact, that, add the fact that, that uh, Josh Kennedy didn't play either. Oh, for the Swans. I had him in my team. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, God. That's that's no good. That's no good. And other, no. but at the same time, um, you know, the the positives I suppose to come out of the game. We had Sean Grigg was Mister Consistent. Brandon Ellis played all right. Kane Lambert um, played well again. So those sort of that second tier of players has has done okay. But it, I suppose it probably showed that if the superstars don't fire, um, there's a long way between our uh, our best and our worst. And I think teams will probably start doing that more often. Trying to make Rance accountable, for example, where Nick Rewalt would. Uh, Run up the ground, Rance would, uh, uh, and then Rance would sort of go with him, and then he'd come back the other way and blow him up. Which, um, you know, Nick Rewalt's been doing that on people for years, so there was nothing. There's no shame in that. Other teams will try to start doing it, but you've also got to have the personnel to be able to do it. And there's not too many guys out there who play the ground like Nick Rewalt do. No, no, he's a, he's a, he's so, a special player, Nick Rewalt. Yeah, exactly. So you know, he's one of those rare forwards that can just keep running up and down, up and down the ground all day long. And never stop. And there's not too many of those around in the AFL at the moment. So, I think uh, you know where, where they may have found a weakness in uh, in Alex Rance. I think that might not be to a disadvantage to us because I don't think too many teams are going to be able to exploit it. Well, I don't think Brisbane we are exploit it this weekend, which is oh, they a definitely, um, oh, they definitely won't. No, no. Which it, so it is interesting. I want to make this point, Shebex. Can I ask you a question? Why is Richmond, whose home ground is the MCG? Playing a home game on Sunday against Brisbane at Etihad Stadium, whilst Carlton and the Bulldogs, who both are tenants of Etihad Stadium, are playing at the MCG at the same time. Okay, I'd love to be able to answer that question for you with facts, (laughs) but I don't actually know what they are, apart from the fact that I do know that every team I understand has to play. Every Melbourne team has to play a home game at Etihad Stadium. That is true. Is my understanding. So uh, this is the one, obviously, they just felt that the Richmond-Brisbane game is going to f- draw a fairly lower crowd than what it, what, that what it would at, uh, at the MCG. Yeah. So it was an opportunity, I suppose, to play this one there. And, and the other game, they would have thought, might have you know, got a few more people than the, the fifteen or the 20,000 that will attend Etihad Stadium. So I, I can only see that as being the only reason why... I'd like to think. Um, I'd like to think that. Having yeah. said that, though, Carlton's home ground is the MCG. Isn't it? They do. They are for certain games, but uh, we, I suppose they, they do. They play home games at the G for like when they play Collingwood and they play us and they play Essendon and they play a um, lot of games at the G. Then yeah. So when you, it's it's interesting that you know they consider this one against the Bulldogs. I suppose they were the reigning premiers. They've scheduled that as like a blockbuster game. Therefore, let's put it at the G. I do agree that. I'd much rather us playing home games, if we have to play a home game at Etihad, against the likes of Brisbane than against, say, you know, St Kilda, which uh, we have, to, and, and, the, and the Bulldogs and those sort of teams, where teams legitimately this year, Melbourne had to play a home game, I think, against St Kilda at Etihad. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly right. And if you're going to play a home game, you're better off playing a home game at Etihad against a team that isn't a home team there. So to play it against Brisbane, it becomes a neutral ground and, Good luck to both. We've got the advantage of having played there last weekend, so that probably gives us a little bit of a home ground advantage, doesn't it? Yep. To an extent. Uh, one injury concern, uh, and then some good news just before we sort of wrap it up, is D- Dylan Grimes did get concussed in a very, very heavy yeah. blow with Tim Membry. He got three down to two. Do you reckon that was about right? No, I, fe- I have, yeah, no dramas with that. So it was careless, it was, they no graded it careless high and high. He was concussed out of the game. Yeah, it definitely wasn't intentional. 
he was got. I, I think that's a thing where we've now got this this area in the uh, in the uh, the MRP system now, where we, I think we're getting more and more clear as to what is intentional and what is uh, what is careless. And I think the way they sort of look at it now is they call it football acts and non-football acts. And in the Bembry one, yeah, it was crude, it was ugly, but he is in a contest going for the ball. He's made Grimes earn it. He went down like a sack of spuds when he hit the deck. And you know, to his credit, got up and tried to take the kick, but he was never going to return from there. He's so uh, he's got a question mark. On him, uh, the the positive is that it's an eight day break, so he probably plays. Although he looks like he's just done twelve rounds with Manny Pacquiao, he looks a bit like he's in the Jeff Horn. He's got the big bruise on, so he is a, is a question mark over him. Um, we he is very useful to our lineup, so we hope he's playing there. The good news, which we've been waiting for for ages, Shebex, is that Ben Griffiths is a big chance of returning to VFL football this weekend. They've had a very softly, softly approach. Uh, he is being talked about that he will play VFL this weekend. If he gets through that, plays a couple of games there, he's a big chance to come back in. Todd Elton apparently had a good game in the VFL as well on the weekend. So is the time now where we really go, all right, we need to blow up the uh, the structure we're going, we need to get another tool in there, and you know, someone like a uh, like Stengel probably comes out? Uh, yeah, probably. You're right. I think the, if they can, the quicker they can get Ben Griffiths in, the better to the Tigers. So hopefully he has a couple of good weeks now in the VFL and he can start getting a good clean run of maybe four or five games in the senior team uh, heading into the finals. So that'd be lovely if that could be the, the situation because I think we've spoken about that for a, a, a few weeks now, haven't we? The fact that we just need that extra tool to take the pressure off Jack. The Jack and the, the five smalls are working well. But will that work well in the finals? Probably not. So we need an extra option there for the Tigers. And uh, if that's Ben Griffiths in the next couple of weeks, well, so be it. Unfortunately, one of those little guys will probably have to miss out. And I think it will be the, uh, the youngster. The youngster Stingle. The other uh, person who I think it really helps is probably Nan Curvis. I think he got shown up um, in a big way on the weekend. Um, he was. He looks tired. He's. You know. He's. He is only playing. He's. Uh, I think he played twelve games of football before this season, and he was in and out of that Sydney team. And now he's the man every week. Uh, he. He's probably due a rest. We haven't been able to afford him one. At the very least, he needs that person in there just to give him the job back. Because Sean Grigg, I love Sean Grigg, but he ain't getting the job done. Um, with that, so Shebex, we look ahead to the next month of football. We got Brisbane on on the weekend. Your tip for that one? Uh uh, by the way, too, let me say that I did tip Tony Kilda by 10 goals. You did, and it was 11 and a bit in the end. So my question to you, are we, now that that actually came true, it was an omen of yours, do you think about going the other way on it now or not sticking no, no, by your guns? I'm, no, I'm going to stick with that for the moment because I think I've had more success with it than I have bad luck. So we'll, uh, we'll stick with that motto for the moment. But uh, oh, oh, no, I can't tip Brisbane by 10 goals, can I? Oh, my God. Uh, we should win by 10 goals. We should. I mean, we should. we're a Fennington football team, if we are a fair football team and a fair finals aspirant, then we need to beat a team like Brisbane by 10 goals. And beat them well. And considering we beat them by 10 or so goals up there in round four, uh, and, you know, we've supposedly only got better from there and they've probably taken, a you know, one step forward, two steps back or two, you know, to... to they're blooding the kids now. They've got players like Zorko and Rockcliffe who are having great seasons, but there is that sort of real drop-off that, uh, you know, if we apply our pressure, if we play our best, I want our guys to go out there and be absolutely breathing fire after what's happened on the weekend. Because and they should be. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be. They've got to be hurting. Surely you have to hurt after Saturday night. You have to. You have to. And not just from a, uh, you know, the ego of getting ahead of yourselves, if that was indeed the case, but just the, the, the line of what we're going to actually tolerate 
as an acceptable performance this year, um, the bar's been raised. And, you know, I know everyone then harps back and goes, well, you know what, no one really tipped Richmond to be in the finals this year, um, pre-season, so don't worry. You know, they'll, they, if they finish seventh, right, that's good. No, bugger that. We've, we've shown we can try and be, you know, somewhere between third and sixth. That's what we should be aspiring to. And to do that, we need to be putting away teams like Brisbane and putting them away well. So um, let's we get through this week. We, we knock them off, and then we have a very tantalising match against GWS at the MCG. Um, redemption matches. There's three big redemption matches in our run home here, uh, which are against Fremantle, GWS, and St Kilda in the last seven weeks. So we'll be breathing fire for, for all of them, I hope. And uh, you know what? That's, that might be the difference between top four and top eight, or you know, if we even... Or even, you know, God knows what else. But, Shebex, uh, I thank you for your time today. Always a pleasure, Mitch. Uh, we'll do it in the studio next week. Look forward to that. Look forward to that. And uh, Carl Bianco will be back on deck when he's finished up signing himself on uh, up and dri- up on the Gold Coast and drinking pina coladas. And we'll be back next week. Go Tigers! Like the tiger of old, we're strong and we're bold, for we're from